The Call is written and narrated by J.A. LaRock. 109 AM The peaceful chill of darkness and the silence of night is shattered by the ring of a cell phone. Sarah's deep sleep wasn't restful anyways. She had been waiting for this call and knew it would come late night in her time zone. She slowly rolled out of bed and grabbed her cell phone from the nightstand, glancing back at her boyfriend who was still asleep. Running into the bathroom, she quickly answered, taking a deep breath beforehand to summon her most professional demeanor. Sarah Blake speaking, she said with the excitement of a child on Christmas morning. As the voice on the other end spoke, Sarah lost control of the smile on her face, it widening to its furthest point. This is what she had been waiting for, for a very long time. 7.28 p.m. Sarah's smile long faded. She stares across the table at her boyfriend, Stephen. Stephen's voice had continued increasing throughout the conversation to the point that a few other patrons in the restaurant began to take notice. There's nothing wrong with ambition, Stephen says, making it clear to him that there is. I'm ambitious. The difference is, I think about us, not just me. Sarah grips the bottom of the tablecloth. If it were alive, it would have been dead by now. Her strict upbringing and lessons in table manners had kept her calm this long. But hearing Stephen's words intertwined with their history, she could not contain herself any longer. Ambitions? Sarah snorts. Telling everyone you speak about about your solo album project does not count as being ambitious. It wasn't a glancing blow. Sarah shot for the heart and her words had hit their mark. Stephen crossed his arms and began breathing heavily. Sarah had seen this side of Stephen before, but rarely. She knew what to say to hurt him, and because of her own pain, had no qualms about firing back. It's always the same with you, isn't it? Stephen said coldly. You loved it when I was in the band, you got to live out a fantasy, fucking a rock star. But now that you're older, your friends are dropping crotch fruit, and now you've joined the herd? Well, I'm not that guy. I'll never be that guy. Sarah knows Stephen could have had any woman he wanted. He was on top of the world for a time. But a lot of mistakes changed that and he didn't know how to handle it. Sarah took it upon herself to change, to morph from the head in the clouds groupy girl she once was, to the responsible woman she now is. I didn't need you to change, Sarah began softly. I changed. I changed for us. I wanted to be more than I was. So I went to school and worked my way up. Sarah pauses as she fails to fight back her tears. I love you, Stephen, 
but I need to do this. I just... I just wanted you to be proud of me. I didn't want to leave like this. Steven stands from the table. He reaches into his pocket and drops a wad of cash on the table. Sarah looks up at Steven, but he refuses to look back at her. You don't think I heard what your parents said when you graduated? Steven says. Calling me a has-been? Saying you should leave me and find a real man? Not a little boy. So now you're leaving. Today it's a job. Tomorrow? <laughs> well, maybe you'll meet your real man. Sarah watches for a moment as Stephen walks away. She has seen this before as well, but it felt different this time. In the past, Stephen would go somewhere, have a few drinks, and return ready for makeup sex. The look in Stephen's eyes scared her. Sarah jumps up from the table. Her purse falls to the ground. Its spilled contents reveals two plane tickets to New York. Sarah quickly gathers her belongings and rushes from the restaurant. Arriving out front, she looks around for Stephen but cannot find him. Sarah lowers her head, wondering if she will ever see him again. 2.57 a.m. Sarah stands next to her luggage, facing the front door of her apartment. Phone to her ear, it rings as she paces back and forth, her eyes filled with anticipation and dread. It goes to voicemail. Sarah lets out a depressed sigh as she gathers herself. I have to do this, Stephen. Not just for me, for us, but I... Sarah fights back tears as she pulls Stephen's plane ticket from her bag and places it on the table. I'd rather not do this on voicemail. Please, call me. I'll be landing in a few hours and we'll have some time before then. Just... Just call me back, okay? Sarah takes a long look around her apartment, settling on a set of pictures of her and Stephen together. Sarah forces a smile as she grabs her bags and leaves the apartment. 7.55 AM. Sarah stands outside of an office, once again listening to a dial tone. Sarah checks her watch then looks towards the office. She pulls the phone from her ear just as Stephen answers. Like a shot of adrenaline, Sarah perks up. Stephen, you're okay, Sarah says relieved. You never came home last... I'm not okay, Stephen responds. I get that this interview is for your dream job, Sarah. The dream used to be us. Yeah, I know. Stupid kid shit, right? We're now in the real world, where the best gigs I can get are at failing bars. So now you have to save me. No, Sarah interjects. Not save. I'm doing this so our dreams can continue, 
Steven, with this job we can- I don't know if there is a we left, Steven says. This isn't about just a job. But you don't see that. Maybe you can't. Maybe you don't want to see. All you can see right now is your finish line. Sarah, through the corner of her eyes, sees the receptionist inside the office wave her in. A look of panic washes over Sarah's face. Originally, all she wanted was to find someone who loved her, and this is exactly what she found in Stephen. Then, something changed. Sarah wanted more for herself, but deep down hoped she'd be able to have both. Now she wondered, if she hung up the phone, would she ever hear from him again? What she did know, was if she didn't walk into that office, one dream would definitely be over. Steven, I have to go. They're calling me. But you need to know. Then go, Steven says coldly, hanging up the phone. Sarah keeps the phone to her ear, frozen in the moment, until the office door opens and the receptionist shatters the ice. They're waiting! Sarah gathers herself and forces another smile as she walks past the receptionist into the office. 8.39 a.m. The door to the stairwell swings open. Sarah rushes in, quickly closing the door behind her. She leans back against the wall with a huge smile on her face. She had done it. All the planning, the schooling, the rough times. They were all for this moment. Her moment of joy was quickly washed away by sadness when she realized she may no longer have anyone to share the good news with. Sarah takes her phone from her purse and dials Stephen. She takes a few steps down the stairs as the phone rings. You got it. It wasn't a question Stephen was asking. He was making a statement. Yes, and more than I thought it would be, Sarah says with reassurance. We can start over, right here, you and me. Back at their apartment, Stephen sits in a bathrobe on the couch across from the television, holding a picture of Sarah. It was taken at a graduation party. Stephen takes a long drink from a liquor bottle and stares at it. I was always proud of you, Stephen begins. The other guys gave me shit, said you were just another backstage girl, but you weren't. You never were. You were special. I know, everyone says that. I made a living making songs about it, but with you, it was the truth. It was real. You used to think I was special too. Then I wasn't. I never stopped loving you, Sarah says near tears. No, but now I'm an obligation, Stephen begins. 
I'm not some thing to feel sorry for, to have to take care of. I'd rather just remember what we were. You're not that, Sarah says crying. Don't you see what you are to me? Don't you... The phone cuts off. Stephen stands from the couch, the picture falling to the ground. 8.45 a.m. Sarah? Stephen says with a hint of worry in his voice. 8.50 a.m. Stephen jumps as his phone rings. Quickly, he picks up the phone. Sarah, Stephen says relieved. What happened? Bro, are you okay? In an instant, a look of relief changed to annoyance as Stephen realized who it was on the phone. Man, I can't talk right now, Tony. Sarah and I got into it. We were talking. That's why I called, Tony responds, with Stephen only now realizing the panic in his voice. You're not seeing this shit? What shit? Stephen asks. The fucking plane crash, man, Tony says. It's all over TV. Stephen picks up the remote and turns on the television, switching it to coverage of the plane crash into the North Tower of the World Trade Center. Stephen drops the TV remote to the ground. Sarah, she wasn't on that plane, was she? Tony asks. Stephen? 8.57 a.m. Stephen paces wildly around the apartment, briefly glancing at the news coverage while dialing Sarah on his phone. Please, pick up. Stephen whispers. Come on, baby. Stephen? Sarah's voice comes in low and choppy at first over the line. Can you hear me? Sitting on the steps in between floors, Sarah brushes debris from her lap. She lets out a cough as she is surrounded by ever-rising smoke. I can hear you, baby. Stephen says, holding back the tears. Are you okay? Something's happened here. Sarah replies slowly, her voice filled with pain and worry. There was an explosion or something. I'm, I must have blacked out. I was in the stairwell. It's blocked. I, I can't go down. Stephen sits down on the couch and stares at the floor for a moment before looking back up towards the television. There was an accident, baby, Stephen begins. A plane hit the tower. I I didn't even know what tower you were, were in. When I saw it happen, I, I thought, I'm okay. Sarah says, confused, taking in what Stephen just told her while trying to reassure him. I guess I was above it, but my God, all those people. Sarah, the building has smoke coming out of it, but they say the fire department is already fixing things. 
I thought it was another bombing, Sarah says, trying to sound relieved. It's smoky in here. I, I tried to go up, but some of the wall broke apart. I'm stuck in between the floors. Steven stands and walks over to the television and sits down on the floor in front of it. It's all over the news, baby, Steven says. Just stay there. They'll get you out. Steven, I'm scared, Sarah says, unable to remain strong any longer. I know, baby. I should have been there. I should have been there with you, but I will be, I promise. They'll get you. Steven pauses as he watches on television as a second plane hits the South Tower. Steven slowly stands, staring blankly at the television. What the fuck? 9.03 AM. Love? Sarah whispers as she hears people screaming from above her. Sarah stands and puts her ear to the wall, but cannot make out anything. Steven! Sarah cries out. I'm here, baby. Stephen replies. Where'd you go? Sarah questions, her voice beginning to fill with panic. Uh, another plane. It, it hit the other tower. I, I don't know what's happening. 9.36 a.m. Sarah coughs. You promised, Sarah begins softly. You promised you'd always tell me the truth, no matter how much it hurt. Please, just tell me what they're saying. We're under attack, baby, Stephen begins. I, I don't know. There's so much talking, but we just don't know. Online people are going crazy, saying the White House got hit, but I, I don't see anything else on TV. Stephen buries his head in his lap. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I should be there. Maybe we'd have gotten you out, or at least... Don't do that, Sarah says. You are with me, and we don't do ifs. Stephen raises his head to a report on television, saying that the Pentagon was struck by an aircraft. 9.37 a.m. Oh my god. Stephen says, his strength draining from his voice. It's true. 9.57 a.m. We should call your mother, Stephen says softly. No, Sarah says, her voice wrapped in fear. I can't lose. 
she won't understand anyway. The nurse won't even tell her because... Just stay with me. I'm not going anywhere, baby. 9.59 a.m. Sarah's coughing intensifies. She wraps a handkerchief around her face. The building shakes and she hears the screams coming from above her. Uh, huh, honey, what was that? Sarah asks, her voice stuttering. Steven stares at live news footage of the South Tower collapsing. Steven? Sarah says, beginning to lose control. Steven! 10.15 a.m. My parents never wanted me to be just another housewife. Sarah begins slowly and softly. I know they seemed old-fashioned to you, but my mom told me that she wanted me to be more like women she looked up to. Women who fought for what they believed in, for what they wanted, no matter what people thought or said. They didn't have a problem with you because of your career. It was because they felt I was giving all that up just to be around you. Don't submit to any man. That's what my mom told me. In front of my dad, no doubt. Who nodded in agreement. You want to date that rock star? Fine. But remember... You are always his equal. You always treated me as your equal. Baby, Stephen whispers. I don't think they're going to get to us in time, Sarah says calmly. All those people who died today, how many of them got to say goodbye? No, Stephen interjects. You will make it out. Nobody's giving up on. It's okay, baby, Sarah says. Just, just let me do this. Sarah lays on the floor and removes his handkerchief from her face. The smoke around her is now very thick. Her eyes red and overflowing with tears. She slows her breathing so she can continue. I love you because you could be all the terrible cliches a rock star could be. But when it came to me, you loved me like two high school sweethearts in a small town. When you lost it all, you could have said fuck the world and bared yourself in liquor, drugs, and any woman who would sleep with you, like some of your other bandmates. But you didn't do that. You fought to rebuild yourself. And that inspired me. Sarah begins coughing heavily. Sarah! 
Stephen says. Sarah holds the handkerchief to her mouth and takes in a breath. I'm okay, Sarah replies. You drank a little too much at my graduation party. My parents were not criticizing you. They were telling me that being true equals means helping each other when they need it the most. They said you could have become one of those has-been stars who scraped the bottom of the barrel trying to hold on to their lost fame. But you were a real man and continued fighting for what you wanted. They loved you for that. I love you for that. I just... I just needed you to know. Stephen cries. I was failing in everything I was doing while you were succeeding. Stephen begins. I'm not a real man. A real man would have been there for you every step of the way. A real man wouldn't... He wouldn't drown in his own bullshit. A real man wouldn't... A real man can feel pain just like anyone else, Sarah says. I was so focused on trying to improve myself, think it would help you heal, that I didn't take the time to help you heal. Sarah looks down the stairs. And I'm sorry for that, Sarah says. No, don't say that, Stephen says. I love you. Even with everything, I never stopped loving you. Sarah closes her eyes and takes in a long, slow inhale on her handkerchief. Stephen, can you do something for me? Anything. Sing a song for me. 10.28 a.m. Sarah, they're not giving up on you, Stephen says. I think all the attacks are over. You will be rescued. Just hold on, please. Sarah lies motionless on the floor, surrounded by smoke. Sarah? 10.28 and 22 seconds a.m. September 11th, 2001. The phone disconnects. Stephen slowly stands as he watches the North Tower collapse.